0: The following is a listener supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society. Hi there, and welcome to Grace in Focus from the Grace Evangelical Society. We are doing a few programs on the Book of Ruth, and Philippe Sterling is our special guest, along with Bob Wilkin and Ken Yates, doing color commentary. You know, we call our programs episodes, but the Book of Ruth itself has its own episodes and we are right now in the first episode we've seen the first scene and we have two more scenes that we're going to look at today so get your popcorn ready sit tight and i know you'll enjoy it be sure to have a look at our website faithalone.org there are many things there that i'm sure will be of interest to you some articles some videos some podcasts a free subscription to our magazine grace and focus so that is at faithalone.org now let's get on to today's discussion and here are our discussion leaders Welcome back to
1: Grace and Focus and our discussion of Ruth. And uh, Philippe, I believe we've gotten to Ruth chapter 1 and verse 18. And you were telling us there's episodes and scenes. What episode is this and what scene is this? All right. We had
2: verses 1 to 6, which went to Dr. E telling us about the, the family, introducing us to the family. And then we went to the first episode, which involves the return of Naomi to Bethlehem and we're on the roadside in Moab as two daughter-in-laws are with her and she doesn't want them to go with her because she's not going to be in a good situation very poor and very needy so she tries to convince them to go back and one of them does go back but one of them because of her belief in Yahweh and the seed the Messiah you know she wants Naomi and Naomi's people to be her people so They set out to return to the the, first scene. That that was the first scene of the first episode. All right. So they they make their way back to Bethlehem. They arrive in Bethlehem, and that's the second scene. And they cause quite a stir when they walk into town. The women of the town are just astounded to see them. And they say, is this Naomi?
3: It's been 10 years, right? It's been 10
2: years. Uh, Naomi may have aged considerably, but they're overjoyed in seeing Naomi. And in asking that question, is this Naomi? Naomi answers and says, do not call me Naomi. Call me Moa. Okay, what does Naomi mean? <laughs> well, Naomi cares the idea of pleasantness, of sweetness.
3: And what about Mara?
2: What well, does that Moa mean? Mara means Bitter. So don't call me sweet, call me bitter. (laughs) Don't call me sweet, call me bitter.
3: Because she went away Uh, 10 years earlier with a husband and two sons, and now they're all gone.
2: Exactly. So she's been, she said, I left full, I came back empty. Wow. So don't call me pleasant. Nothing about my situation is pleasant. No, just call me bitter. Wow. But one thing, though, that Naomi is overlooking Right beside her is another woman. Yes. That is Ruth. Ruth is right beside her. So is she truly empty? No. As it turns out, she's quite full. Well, she's going to be quite full (laughs) because of that woman. So that's the end of the first episode. One episode, two scenes. Okay. So that's going to take us into the second episode, which is all of chapter two. And there will be three scenes there. A scene in a household, a scene in a field, and a scene back in that household.
1: So three scenes in the second episode, and and that's chapter two.
2: Yes. And and
3: chapter one ends by setting the stage, right? Right. Uh, They came to Bethlehem at the beginning of the barley harvest. Right, exactly. And that sets the stage for what's coming.
2: So I mean, this is part of the wonderful literary qualities of this book. Everything prepares the way for the next thing. Lots Uh, of transitions uh, in the book. Right, a lot of transitions, and it's just wonderfully well written. So we're opening scene in the second episode, and here, Ruth... Takes the initiative and she approaches her mother in law to ask for something. But before that occurs, the narrator makes a statement. And that is there was a relative of Naomi's husband, a man of great wealth of the family of Eliminech. His name was Boaz. So Naomi has a near relative there and he's described. Now, of course, in this translation, it says a man of great wealth. But the description is more than just that. I I'll, I'll give the Hebrew here, I will, and I'll explain it, of yeah. course. It says that this man is an Ish-gibor-chayil. In the usage of that expression, it can mean one of three things or several things you know, together. It could be that he's a mighty warrior. Like Gideon is described as an Ish-gibor-chayil, a warrior, a yeah. great warrior. It could be a man of great wealth or it could be an indication of great character, of noble character. So the question comes in, what is Boaz? Is he a wealthy man? Is he a warrior, a great warrior? Is he a person of character, of noble character? Well, they... The story will bear that out to show us what, what he is. But the narrator sets the scene. You know, could he that, be more than he one? Be, uh, he could be a combined. He could be a man of great wealth and a man of noble character. He also yeah. could be a warrior, much like Abraham was a warrior. You know,
3: to, He was all three, yeah. right? Abraham. Right. right. Yeah, but yeah. in this book, you would think that Boaz, the great warrior, at least doesn't my fit. concept, it doesn't I mean, fit. Yeah, mm-hmm. but the other two certainly yes. do.
2: So the narrator makes that statement and this enigmatic statement, and we'll see how things, how that comes into play. But next, Ruth takes the initiative. She approaches Naomi and says, can I have your permission to just go into the field of wherever I can find, to go in a field and glean? Now, gleaning in the Mosaic law was one of the ways that the poor and the needy could obtain sustenance. Uh, for themselves, that is. They they could go after the reapers and whatever was left on the ground. Whatever fell to the ground was to stay, you know, on the ground. Whatever was left on an olive tree, after the harvesting was done, was to be left there. So the poor, the impoverished, the needy could come and and find food for themselves. So Ruth asks, uh, "Please let me go to glean in the field of someone." in whose side I might just find favor. Now, this was a risky thing for her to do, a foreigner and in the time of the judges, in the time of terrible immorality and, and everything. But she asked Naomi's permission to go and do that, and Naomi says, please, do go and do that. So Ruth leaves, and then the account tells us she left and went and gleaned in the field after the reapers, and lo. Just by accident. Now, she just happens to come to the field of Boaz, this near relative of of Naomi. So the text talks about chance, you know, chance occurrence. Yeah. But of course, in the scriptures, nothing is by chance. Everything has theological significance. So chance is not really chance. Yeah. It's part of God's providential guiding, we would say. You know, to that Ruth happens to come to the field of Boaz.
3: Just like they returned to Bethlehem just as the barley right. harvest was beginning. Right. right,
2: right. Again, is this by accident? So we have the timing, and now we're going to have the encounter of just the right person at the right time.
3: And Very
1: providential.
2: So, exactly. So she goes there, and not only does she come to the field of Boaz— But she comes at a time within an hour or two after she gets there, Boaz himself comes onto the field. Now, Boaz has a lot of servants and everything, so he didn't really have to to be there in the middle of the day and, and come. He could have avoided to be there until the cool of the evening and everything. But he happens to come just as Ruth is busily engaged in picking up what had fallen, been left behind on the ground. So he comes in and part of his character is even in how he treats his servants because he comes onto the scene and the first thing he does is is in the name of Yahweh, he greets his reapers. He says, you know, may Yahweh be with you. And and they reply in turn to him, may Yahweh bless you. So they invoke God's blessing upon Boaz.
1: One of the things Which I, is going to be fulfilled in the rest of the book. Yeah, board. exactly.
2: <laughs> God's going to bless. And one of the things that we're going to see here is also how the the prayers of individuals set the stage for them to have the opportunity to answer their own prayers yeah. on, on behalf of others. So, But Boaz comes here, and he notices this woman. And apparently, on a Ruth. we will surmise, is a very attractive young woman. And Boaz has never seen her. You know, before, so there's this strange woman that is there in his field. That, you know, so, yes, who is that? And the servants had already kind of talked about them and knew I was going on with Ruth. And said, oh, this is the woman who came back with Naomi, and she asked permission to glean in, in this field. So Boaz goes and talks to her. And here she's referred to as a Moabite woman who came back with Naomi, And Boaz takes interest in her. He knows who she is, and he knows Naomi. He knows Naomi is a near relative. So he decides, you know, that he's going to be very gracious to Ruth, particularly because I think of the connection with Naomi, the way for him to bless Naomi, even through Ruth, so he says to her, you know, don't go anywhere else because you might be taken advantage of and Stay here. Stay here with my maids. Just continue to glean. And at mealtime, he invites her to come and share the meal with him. She's able to eat of the roasted grain itself. And so he goes out of his way publicly to provide you know, the best for her. And then he gives instructions to his servants and says, don't let any harm come to her. And what's more, not only do I want you to allow her to glean, I want you to take deliberate steps to drop things (laughs) for her, you know, to take out big sheaves, portions of grain and and lay them there for her to pick up. so that all happens. End of the day, Ruth bits out the grain, and she beats out an effa of grain. Now, how much is that? An effa is about half a bushel. And (laughs)
3: Well, I I think when you read these things, for me, it's like all you need to know is it was a lot.
2: Yeah, I've read different things. One thing I've read is that it was the equivalent of what a laborer will be able to purchase with a whole day's wages. Others have said it could even be half a month of wages that would have been required for a common laborer to get that
3: much grain. Well, what's good about this in this account, what we see is that Boaz was a gracious man because he kept grace Grace in
1: focus.
0: Thank you, gentlemen, for that interesting discussion. Our goal at the Grace Evangelical Society is to teach Scripture clearly and without confusion. One of the best tools for that clarity, we believe, is our website. It's faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. On our site, we have all kinds of materials that are designed to help you mature and grow in your faith and your understanding of Scripture. Please come visit us at faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. You'll be glad you did. God loves a cheerful giver, and that's why we think our financial partners are some of the happiest people in the world. If you would like to learn how to become a financial partner with Grace in Focus, we would very much appreciate it. Learn more at faithalone.org. It's really exciting to hear from our listeners. So if you've got a question, comment, or feedback, I hope you'll reach out to us. Best way to do that is through email. Here is our email address. It's radio at faithalone.org. That's radio at faithalone.org. And on the next episode of Grace in Focus, we continue our romance story in the book of Ruth. We'll be looking for you. Don't miss it. This is the Grace Evangelical Society. Until next time, let's keep Grace in Focus. The proceeding has been a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society.